Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Full Spectrum Survival, bringing you the headlines that you need to know from America and around the world, the things that are impacting your world and the people around you, the events that you need to prepare for. We have a couple of headlines straight out of America right now that I want to hit first. The first one is that the House Speaker fight has gone on for the longest since the Civil War era. This matches right in line with correspondents and historians saying that we are preparing for a civil war, the second civil war in the United States of America. I think that we can see this divide happening all across the country. Mothers are fighting against their daughters, fathers against their sons, brothers against sisters, and we have seen political parties tearing apart families across the country. The only thing they need to do next is further divide everyone. And that's exactly what they are doing today. Internationally, NATO's K-4 mission has completed the removal of several heavy vehicles that were blocking the roads in northern Kosovo. We are starting to see intelligence operatives in that region say that this is a spark that is going to light another regional conflict in that area. Now, Russia has stepped back and said, that if NATO does not do something to rein in their leadership in Kosovo, then we will see a massive conflict spark in that region. The Federal Reserve is saying that officials remain determined to defeat inflation. Now they're admitting right now that there is no real change in inflation. There is only a minor difference in what we experienced over the course of the last couple of months and what we are experiencing today. There's a general expectation among corporate leaders that we are going to see the recession of 2023, which will actually be more like a depression of 2023, something that affects each and every person in the country. When you have Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and all these other leaders that are massive, massive billionaires coming out and telling you that everybody needs to rein in their spending, and they aren't talking to advertising agencies, they aren't talking to their own corporate leadership. They're talking about you. And they're saying that you are going to be forced with a decision soon. You will either pay your electricity and have food to eat, or you will pay your grocery bill or your electricity. There's a triad of things that happens right now. And you see this happen before every revolution. When people can no longer afford food, and fuel and shelter, when they have to make a choice between those things, you always go to war. And you always experience a revolution in that country. It happened in Libya. Libya, it happened in Syria, it happened in Egypt. It has happened all around our world. And they're making sure that it happens here in America. Saudi Arabia is cutting all of its oil prices for Asia in February. I want you to note that they are not cutting their oil prices for you in the Western world in February. This world has certainly changed. America is no longer the leader. The rest of the world just has not caught up yet. And what we're going to experience is, uh, is the rest of the world, that's the citizens of every country, playing the catch-up game here in the future. Ukraine's economy, because of this conflict, has fallen 30.4%. Exports dropped 35% compared to the numbers that were seen in the year 2021. And while the country experienced a 38% in, uh, 
in terms of physical volumes, this war has cost everyone dearly. The ripple effect from the collapse of the FTX uh, crime syndicate, the crypto syndicate, continues to spread. Now Genesis Global Trading, one of the world's largest crypto lenders, is going to be filing bankruptcy. They are laying off 30% of their employees. The Federal Reserve's board says that the global economic outlook is bleak for the entire world. They know just how bad it's going to be in the year 2023, in this year. They know how bad it's going to be until the year 2025, or maybe even further beyond that. They warned European leaders two years ago, at the beginning of this pandemic, right before they started locking everyone down, that the actions that they were about to take would lead to global disruption, a decoupling of globalization, and an economic disruption across the world. We're starting to see the effects of their changes now. Americans' personal savings rates, the share of disposable income left over after spending, has hit the lowest levels since 2005. Just a couple of months ago, those levels were around the 2008 mark, and we were noting the comparison between what we are experiencing today and the Great Recession of 2008. Like me, you probably have friends and family that their businesses buckled. Their homes were foreclosed on. Their cars repossessed. And now we're taking things back a little bit further as the savings rates continue to get worse across the country. The debt continues to pile up. And your average citizen, your brothers and sisters, continue to hurt. Of note, credit card debt hit an all-time high in November, $930 billion dollars. According to regional experts, U.S. credit card debt hit this high, surpassing the $870 billion peak during the 2008 financial crisis. Credit card delinquency rates are increasing. They are up to almost 6%. Younger Americans in the 18 to 29-year-old range have a 76% higher delinquency rate than everyone else. The credit card delinquency rate, which is the portion of payments that are late 90 days or more. This doesn't mean that little Susie just missed one of her credit card payments. This means that people are being forced to abandon that debt. This rose multiple percentage uh, points up. The data shows that transitions into delinquency, according to economists, among credit card borrowers has steadily risen since 2016, notably among younger borrowers. That senior vice president at the New York Federal Reserve warning in a statement that the debt bubble was coming soon. The German foreign minister, the so-called ceasefire, will not bring freedom, he says, and no security to those who live in fear under a Russian occupation. There's something happening in Germany right now, and you're seeing a divided uh, division among the people who are pro-Russian and the people who are pro-European. The problem is that a lot of the country is pro-Russian. I'd say the problem, of course, it's not a problem for Russia, but the problem for the European region is that there may be a siding with Vladimir Putin soon. The United Nations is taking a stand against Russia, saying that the UN, as an international policing force, of course, for the Western world, welcomes any attempt for a ceasefire in Ukraine. But the UN will not allow the replacement of peace in accordance with the Charter of the United Nations and the international law. 
that basically means if you don't continue to play by their rules, if, and that is to say if Russia continues to occupy Crimea and other annexed regions, they are in effect not allowing a ceasefire to take place. This goes in line with strategists warning that until Russia leaves Ukraine or until Ukraine buckles, and possibly Russia moves into other European regions, and there's a new rebuilding of the Soviet Union, you will not see peace. That's one of the major concerns and one of the allowances that we see an understanding that China is using Russia right now. You're depleting America of its arms, of its will to fight. You're depleting NATO of its armament and its will to fight. And so you do this enough before you move on Taiwan and America will be forced with the decision. Either continue to follow through with the rhetoric that you have pushed for what will become years, or abandon Ukraine, abandon Europe. That means abandoning the lithium mines and all the other resources that American politics and governments want to get a hold of and fight for Taiwan against China, or you're split among so many enemies that America will be lost. Iranian spying and terror activity against Israel is reported by Israel to have risen significantly. Tehran, they say, is aiming to attack high-security Israeli targets across the world. Intelligence services set up joint teams to monitor these threats, and they say that dozens of threats have already been foiled. In fact, they say that threats in America are being foiled right now. Now, whether there's validity to that statement or not, what we have to watch more for is the reaction. They have already called the people to be prepared for an attack against Iranian nuclear plants. This means that we could see a dispersing of nuclear material because of these attacks. And Israel has come out and said that if America does not follow through with its red line or its line in the sand and attack Iran with Israel, then Israel will act alone. And in doing so, will ignite a nuclear conflict in the Middle East. A war from within. The U.S. government has accused the former Navy pilot of the U.S. Navy, Daniel Duggan, of receiving more than $100,000 to teach Chinese airmen how to land on American aircraft carriers. This is in an unsealed indictment filed in the U.S. District of Columbia. Uh, Columbia. It alleges that this Australian received 12 payments of almost $10,000 with receipts citing personal development training, teaching these individuals how to fight against America. Let me tell you, the day when America fights China is coming, and with their many, many servicemen in the Army, it will not be a day that we will watch idly. It will involve the drafting of the entire population it will be America calling to arms all of its allies. And how many of those allies will come to America's aid? We're seeing less and less likely allies coming to our aid here in the future. U.S. inflation has not turned the corner, warns the top IMF, uh, IMF the International Monetary Fund official, Gita Gopinath. She says that we have a long road to go. Federal officials citing risk inflation becoming a persistent event. They're calling it perpetual inflation. And what they mean is that your $4 eggs are going to cost $25 
for a long, long time. Your $100,000 home is going to cost $230,000 for a very long time. They have a general acceptance and understanding that they're going to try and keep inflation exactly where it is. And the only fight they have against it is to charge you more money when you are able to get a mortgage. That's what they're doing right now. A couple of Fed officials see inflation risks as being persistent. The Federal Reserve is wary of any unwarranted easing in financial conditions. Let me tell you about Bernard Marcus. He is the American entrepreneur. He has a net worth of $6.2 billion. He's the co-founder of Home Depot. Their slogan, where doers get more done. He has caught fire for his statements recently saying that, quote, nobody works. Nobody gives a damn anymore because of socialism. Now, this isn't to say that you could split his net profit, his net money, and make everybody, even those people that work for Home Depot, live a good life. In fact, if you split his net worth among the nearly half million people that work for Home Depot, every worker just gets a mere $12,000. Now, don't get me wrong, $12,000 makes a lot of people live a lot more comfortably. But you see, only a few hundred years ago, we didn't have such a broken system. One where you had only a choice between either being a have or a have not. A, a few hundred years ago, if you didn't like it, whether that was your city, the way it was being ruled, the corruption of your local government, the current currency exchange, you could always pick up your S and you could leave. You can find a piece of land and you can make a home on it where you can hunt for your own food. Now that's illegal, except when you register yourself, get a permit if they allow you to, and you pay a tax on being able to feed your family. Back in the day, you could fish for your own meals, except now that's illegal, except when you register yourself, be allotted a permit and pay a tax for the privilege of feeding your own family. You could grow your own food, except now you need to stay within local governmental restrictions of doing so, of course. You can do all these things, and if you didn't like a way a city or government or business was working, you can just go. Now you can't. Now you are forced to live in a rich or poor choice. Now some of you are going to win the lottery. The most of you are going to suck on manure. Some of you will have enough money that you never have to worry about it again. But the great majority, the 97% of your brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, your children-to-be and your grandparents before you, will be sucking on manure, living this life that they have built. So when this prick, as I say, with a prick of the finger, of $6 billion says that no one wants to work anymore and no one gives a damn anymore, it is because he does not understand how the rest of the world lives. He doesn't understand how you live. He doesn't understand that the majority's entire life is spent catching up to the debt that they have. They aren't enjoying life. They're just catching up to their debt. They sleep for one third of their life. They work for the remaining second out of thirds. And then they keep with that last third, their lawns in good condition as their local organization says they must. They wash their cars, they take their showers, they pay their bills, 
they shop for groceries and they do all of those other things so that they can keep that job for the two thirds of their life. When in the future, sometime soon, there will come a time when this system is reset. The problem is that this is not the reset <coughs> that they are pursuing right now. The reset they are pursuing is going in the wrong direction. The reset that is being pursued by government and economic leaders puts them into a position of holding on to their haves titles, while it puts you into a position of remaining in debt for your entire life. You see, if you can never get a mortgage unless you're climbing the rungs of the have-nots, then you will have to rent for your 60 to 80 years of life. And that's great for them because they hold the home notes. Let's say you can get a mortgage. That's also great for them because they hold the note on your mortgage. They're in the best position possible. But there is going to come a time, a time in the not too distant future, and this happens with every civilization and every revolution, a time when we go through the cycle of peace into and through the cycle of tyranny and then into a cycle of revolution when people are fed up and they can't take it anymore. That is the time that you need to get ready for because all through this outcome, although this outcome might be in your favor at the end when it's over, the change that is going to come between now and then means more violence on the streets. That civil war that they say everybody is ready for is literally around the corner. It will be pitted through the economy. It will be placing each one of us into very difficult positions. I want you and your family to get ready to the best of your ability. Moving back internationally, the Russian State Duma deputy says that I know the Americans are developing a plan for a demonstration strike on Moscow in Russia. He is warning the Russian people that the U.S. right now is preparing for a strike against Moscow. Israel. Netanyahu says we will fight Iran's attempts to develop nuclear weapons forcefully and we will do so openly. Israel, he says, will act decisively to thwart Iran's military entrenchment in Syria. Now I want to get to a couple of your <coughs> questions because I think that that is such an important part of our community and what we do here. The things that you want to know, the things that you have to share with the rest of the community. So don't forget, if you do have a question for us, please leave the word question first. It allows us to be able to find them quickly and allows other people in the community to search them out. The first question comes to us from Beskar. It's not uh, B-E-S-G-A-R. If that's a nod from Mandalorian, I appreciate it. Beskar asks, Brad, what do you think of the Russian foreign minister saying that Washington is directly threatening to kill the Russian president? I would say that that's true. Washington does have a plan. They also have a plan to take out the Iranian administration. Russia and China have a plan to take out the U.S. presidency. Will they blame it on the right? They blame it on the left. That is also a plan that they have already prepared. When they get the opportunity and when this happens, that's when you have to be ready to act because it's going to send shockwaves through your entire culture. Bluebird at LGA says, question, 
do you think it's possible to have a modern day Pearl Harbor and Russia isn't already in place? Again, I would say that that plan is in place. When it happens, you just have to be ready to act. My B says, Brad, no question. The videos help. You've introduced a number of considerations that I have not thought of. The test of relationships was a big eye opener. One guy, they speak of testing their families. I told you to test your family, test your neighbors, test your friends, ask them to come over when you don't really need it. That isn't to say make something up, but say, Hey, I could use your help baking. Could you come over and help me? I could use your help with uh, getting rid of some garbage and debris, making a dump run. Could you come help me? I could use your help mowing the lawn. Could you come help me this once? You test them to see if they'll come to your aid. And if they don't, for something so meaningless as helping mow the lawn, baking a dish, or getting rid of some garbage, then they're not going to come to your aid when you do need it, unless they see a reason to do so for themselves. So they say this was a big eye-opener. One guy who always seemed solid could not find the time to help me move some hay. But he had a sudden opening in his schedule when I mentioned that I had firewood available. Again, selfish means. However, his chainsaw was down, so he asked if he could use mine. I will be very ca uh, cautious, this individual says, when dealing with this fellow. There are other examples I could share, but suffice it to say that the principle is sound. Thank you. I think you saved me some consternation and feelings of betrayal. And the thing is, if people don't come to your aid right away, don't count it out and discount it because people do have things come up. Maybe their back hurt. Maybe they have a headache or a migraine. Maybe they had a really bad week, and so they just need some of their own time to recuperate and be ready to get back into our rat race next week. But you ask it two times. Maybe two strikes is your call out. Maybe three times, and you say, you know what? This person isn't going to come for me. And that's exactly what you do because we have a day coming up when you might need those people to help you. You might call on them and really need them to show up. And remember, if people are testing you, you better be there to help them. Thank you guys for being here with us. Make sure you subscribe to us here at Full Spectrum Survival only on YouTube. We publish videos here every single day. So make sure you hit that check alert, that bell alert, so that you get alerted every time a new video comes out. Make sure you share this video with others because we are, uh, I don't want to use certain words that, that, uh, you know, that they use, but we're basically not promoted. And unless you're sharing this video, thumbs up in this video, leaving comments, YouTube doesn't promote us to new people. And that's what we need is for new people to see that they are not alone. It's not just them against the world. We have a whole community here of people who care about each other. And that's why I'm thankful and respectful of you. So please leave a comment and go reply to someone else's comment. If you have any questions, make sure you leave the word question first. From my family to yours, please stay safe and keep watch. This week's Full Spectrum News is brought to us by each one of you, all of our members on Patreon. Make sure if you're looking for antibiotics from real doctors and real pharmacies, you check out contingencymedical.com and you use the code FSS10 to get a discount. If you're interested in being able to throw food in your backpack and go, check out nutrientsurvival.com forward slash FSS. They have a code FSS15. It gets, uh, gets you 15% off. I take zero commission, no commission, and I never will. But I make sure that they include a discount code so that it helps you get a discount there. 
Thank you, everybody, for everything that you do for our community. Make sure that you hug the people that you love and make sure that you tell them. Try to rebuild the bridges that have been burnt and do what you can to get other people prepared. Stay safe. It should be charged up, though, babe. I should be yeah, awesome. This one is charged. I didn't use it. Family and fellow soldiers, I'm the professor, and this is the moment of truth. And now, the Friday Crime Report. Dana White, or Dana White Supremacist, as I like to call him, is the racist punk who manages the UFC. But recently, he tried his own hand at mixed martial arts over the New Year's. No, it wasn't in an octagon. And the person he was going up against wasn't a UFC fighter, but rather his own wife. Now, the first thing that needs to be noted, the white media is trying to downplay all of this and minimize it. Now, up until this point, Dana White was a near-constant fixture of the white sports media. And UFC has been the hottest ticket that they had going. And yet, for some reason, all of a sudden, they've largely lost interest in this. We're not getting the wall-to-wall coverage that you would think this should get from the man who is the face of mixed martial arts, the fastest growing, most popular sport, blah, 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 blah. And even the ones who are reporting on this, they're using minimalist language. First of all, they're saying that Dana White merely slapped his wife. Now, if you look at the video, it dang sure looks like he threw at least a couple of punches. And it wasn't just once that he swung on her, he did it a few times. By the way, if Dana White was black, the white media wouldn't be saying slap, they'd be saying that he beat his wife. Well, we're not going to do any white media whitewashing here. The video appears to show UFC head thug and all-around shady individual Dana White beating his wife at a club. Then the story should talk about all the controversy he's been involved in over the years. Like, for instance, how he endorsed Donald Trump. That's another punk who likes to abuse women. This guy hangs out with and endorses men who abuse women, and now he's been caught on video doing it himself. And yet, Dana White's never been me too and he's not being me too now. There's been tons of rumors about this guy over the years, but you won't be hearing the white media bringing any of those up. None of Dana White's greatest hits. Pun intended. In fact, the white media has taken Dana White's side in all telling everyone that he's a good guy and we should take his word for it. They're being bold about their bias for him. They're not even trying to hide it. Dana White is not just somebody that's connected in the world of sports. He's a friend. I love the guy, personally. Um, so this is a very hard subject for me. We talk all the time. Um, we certainly connected briefly since this happened. He knew, you know, he knew there's no way on earth that I wasn't going to talk about it. Um, my heart goes out to his family because this is a very, very embarrassing situation. Um, he says it has never, ever happened before. Um, he's completely ashamed and utterly disgusted Why with himself because he finds himself in a situation that he would never have done such a thing to a woman he's been married to for 30 years, who's the mother of his three children, um, and he makes no excuses for it. And I think it's important to point that out. I also think it's important to point out that she validates what he asserts, that it's never happened before, that it was completely out of character. And she even pointed to the fact that they were out and they were drinking and all of that other stuff as well. Now, look at what all the white media say. Look at Stephen A. Schmuck, I mean, uh, Smith. He ain't yelling. 
Notice that he's not screaming. He's not doing his usual over-the-top antics and histrionics and acting a fool. Yeah, he sounds real subdued all of a sudden, don't he? Oh, he wants to make it known that we should all be hearing sad violins playing for Dana White right now. His friend, Dana White. He's not doing any of that asinine, over-the-top buffoonery and overacting that he always does, especially when he's talking about black athletes. Oh, no, Stephen Smith seems to have left his outrage at home which is also the same place where he left his principles. He definitely doesn't bring those to the office. But neither Stephen Smith or anyone else in the white media is making a big issue out of domestic violence in the UFC. No, not like they did with the NFL, where they largely had to exaggerate greatly if not outright lie to try to manufacture a fraudulent story that, oh, all these big black men in the NFL are just beating women up. None of that true. But nobody's given that same tribute to the UFC and going, hey, let's do a rundown of all of these accusations of domestic violence against fighters in the UFC. Because after all, the UFC's got a culture of domestic violence. Let's go ahead and smear them with that. They ain't doing that. What type of discipline should Dana face? Well, my immediate response to that is whatever discipline he should face is the kind of discipline he would impose upon someone he oversees. Well, Stephen, since you brought it up, just 14 months ago, another UFC figure, Luis Pena, was arrested and charged with misdemeanor domestic violence and battery. Three days later, Dana White cut Pena from the promotion, kicked him out of the UFC, saying that it could happen to any fighter. But we're all seeing that Dana White clearly doesn't live by his own rules. Those were meant for everybody else, not for him. UFC fighters better not get embroiled in any domestic violence stuff but as for Dana White, well, he can go five rounds with the wife anytime he wants. Because after all, who's going to fire the boss? Am I right? Well, actually, someone can. We'll get to that in a moment. But right now, we got a lot of people circling the wagons for Dana White. And these are the same racists who you see posting anti-black comments constantly online. Today, they're online saying that the UFC is a violent sport. So apparently, we should give Dana White a pass. Dana White isn't an MMA fighter. And since when does being the shady front man for the UFC give him the right to turn a nightclub into an octagon and go five rounds with his own wife? And of course, Stephen Smith, with that pathetic deflection, saying, Dana says this never happened before. Well, it never happened before with Ray Rice either. He and his wife did a press conference where she admitted she was in the wrong, which the video made clear. But that didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything to the NFL and definitely didn't mean anything to the white media. The racist white supremacists who owned the NFL saw a chance to publicly flog yet another black man, and they knew that he was innocent. But that was the point. It's not a show of power if you punish someone who's in the wrong, like Dana White. That's simply justice. But when you make it a point to punish and demonize and attack someone who you know is innocent, that's oppression. And the white supremacists like Jerry Jones, who run the NFL, get a sick kick out of using their white media buddies to help set up a narrative. Look at this big, bad black man over here. He's such a brute. Well, we're going to put him in his place. And then people like Jerry Jones do their phony piety routine and say, we have standards around here, you know. Yeah, they got standards, all right. And the standards are about as high as a street corner whore on a Saturday night. Oh, how different the coverage is when the person they're talking about isn't black. Ray Rice was attacked, vilified, and thrown out of the NFL. Now, Stephen Smith had no problem sticking up for his friend, Dana White, and using White's own wife in order to prop up that defense. Also, I think it's important to point out 
that she validates what he asserts, that it's never happened before, that it was completely out of character. And she even pointed to the fact that they were out and they were drinking and all of that other stuff as well. This was out of character for Dana White and that he had never done this before. And well, they were both in the wrong because they had both been drinking. How very interesting that Stephen Smith would bring that up because that's pretty much what Ray Rice's wife said about their incident. She actually apologized during the press conference. Apologized to him. She said that this hadn't happened before, that she wasn't some battered wife, and that this was a personal dispute that simply got out of hand, and the media needed to give them their space. But of course, neither the white media nor the NFL gave the Rices their space. Unlike what's happening with Dana White, they're trying to give him all the space they can. Nate Parker is an actor, and he was falsely accused of rape. Not only was he arrested over that lie, but he was put on trial, put on trial for his freedom over a lie. Nate Parker was accused of raping a white woman. Then he was tried by an all-white jury in the South. Now that's about as much as you can stack the deck against a black man without having David Duke as the judge. And yet Nate Parker was found not guilty. Not guilty by an all-white jury after being accused of raping a white woman in the South. But the white media is still attacking Nate Parker and smearing him. They can't refute the fact that he was found innocent and the fact that there was absolutely no evidence whatsoever to show that he was guilty of anything other than making a horrible choice in bedmates. And yet the white media reports on him as if he was found guilty, as if he actually did something wrong when he didn't. It's all part of a racial narrative. They've done everything they can to destroy Nate Parker's career and his life over something that was proven in court to be a complete lie. But they're going to the mat to stick up for a scumbag like Dana White to try to insulate him from the truth. Why the media is giving this longtime dirtbag all the sympathy as if he was Mother Teresa? He apologizes and the white media says, that's enough. He said he was sorry we ought to move on. Yeah, just because he beats up on his wife, that's no reason for the media to beat up on him, right? But Dana White's not the only person whose hypocrisy has to be called out. Because you see, Dana White may not be an MMA fighter and never could be. But that doesn't mean that he owns the UFC. It's actually owned by Endeavor Talent Agency. And who is the boss of Endeavor? Why, it's our old friend Ari Emanuel who only a few weeks ago had so much to say about Kanye West. Why, Ari couldn't keep his little racist mouth shut about Kanye. He had that forked tongue of his flapping full time. He wrote op-eds all over the place from the Chicago Tribune to the Financial Times demonizing Kanye. In the Financial Times, Ari wrote, this is a moment in history where the stakes are high and being open about our values and living them is essential. Silence and inaction are not an option. By the way, I think it needs to be said that Ari Emanuel is no less a scumbag than Dana White. He's basically Harvey Weinstein, but without the baggage. Remember, it was one of Ari's own talent agents, Adam Bennett, who Terry Crews accused of groping him. Just six months ago, Adam Bennett was sued by his now ex-wife for assault and domestic violence. Interesting how those things keep coming up over and over again with these folks who are in Ari Emanuel's circle. Not that the white media has drawn any of those connections. I guess that's a little bit too obvious. That's the kind of people who Ari Emanuel likes having on the payroll. 
because Emmanuel tried to hang in there and support Bennett as long as he could to keep Bennett around. He didn't immediately fire him after the accusations came to light. Ari Emanuel complained that Kanye West's words could lead to violence, and Kanye needed to be destroyed in order to discourage violent behavior because Ari Emanuel is so concerned about that, right? Well, here you have the UFC, which Ari's company owns, and his buddy, the longtime thug and punk Dana White, is caught beating his wife on video in public. Keep in mind, the UFC is Endeavor's most valuable asset. It's their crown jewel, as the white media puts it. And what has Ari Emanuel said about the punk who runs the crown jewel of his company being caught on video beating his wife in public? He said nothing. Absolutely nothing. Ari Emanuel has not said a single word. No op-eds, no press releases, not even a Twitter tweet. Endeavor's shares have fallen after that video became public, by the way. Now, as the man who runs Endeavor, you would think that Ari Emanuel would want to say something immediately. He'd be rushing in front of the cameras to try to calm the situation down. A few weeks ago, he had diarrhea of the mouth when it came to Kanye West and Dave Chappelle. You couldn't shut that little rat's mouth before now. Ah, but now he's been in hiding all this week. He won't even stick up for his own company in a time of crisis. Gee, isn't that some kind of malfeasance? If it's not, it should be. But preserving white supremacist solidarity is clearly far more important to him than preserving his own company. Keep in mind, it was in that op-ed that Ari Emanuel himself wrote, Kanye West being bipolar was no excuse for his words. So someone having a mental disease is no excuse for them saying crazy things? It'd be funny if it wasn't so stupid. Kanye West didn't harm anyone. He has a mental disease. So in Ari's mind, someone not having full control of their mental faculties is no excuse for them not having control of their words. I guess he thinks people with mental disorders only say polite things and only voice coherent thoughts. Yet this same Ari Emanuel has had absolutely nothing to say about his buddy Dana White's deeds. Apparently being Ari's friend is an excuse to beat your wife. Oh, and what's this? Ari Emanuel is best buds with the same Donald Trump who abuses women and whom Dana White is so fond of. Well, it seems crap of a feather circle the toilet bowl together. I think we can safely assume Ari Emanuel won't be writing any op-eds about his pal Dana White beating his wife. He fell off that high horse of his real quick, didn't he? Now, Ari Emanuel has the power to fire Dana White, but notice that nobody in the white media is saying he should do that. And they're also not saying that businesses should stop doing business with Endeavor until he does. Nobody's saying, hey, we need these advertisers to drop the UFC. We need these TV stations to drop the UFC. Ari Emanuel bragged in his op-ed that LeBron James is one of his clients. Will anyone in the white media be asking if LeBron's going to seek new representation unless and until Dana White is fired? Will anyone in the white media say that people should dump their shares of Endeavor stock because of this? Well, I guess it's a little bit late on that one. Nobody's trying to make Ari Emanuel guilty by association. Hell, they're not even trying to make Dana White guilty at all. And since Ari Emanuel can't be bothered to say a word about his pal beating his wife and putting the company's crown jewel in danger, will anyone say that Ari Emanuel needs to resign? After all, as he put it, the stakes are high. We have to live our values. 
silence is not an option. Right now, Ari Emanuel isn't saying a word. No one can even find him. His company's stocks are in free fall because of this, and he's MIA. So it seems silence is an option after all. In fact, in this case, it seems to be his favorite option. Nice to know. We in the black media have long called out Ari Emanuel for his hypocrisy, his lies, and his bigotry. He's a snake in the grass, and now everyone's seeing it in a way that can't be denied. By the way, on a side note, walking garbage like Skip Bayless or saying that Kyrie Irving is part of a multi-billion dollar sports league, and he's a member of a multi-million dollar sports team, so the league is justifying and demonizing him and suspending him and calling him everything but a son of God and completely and thoroughly defaming the man with lies because, well, he puts the team's profits in jeopardy. This is a big sport, don't you know? Well, anything you can say about Kyrie Irving on that front, you could say about Dana White hundreds of times over. Because the UFC is a billion-dollar sports organization. And unlike Kyrie Irving, Dana White isn't merely a part of it. He's the guy who runs it. Dana White runs a multi-billion-dollar sports organization. And he's been caught on video beating his wife in public, and yet he's being held to absolutely no standard Meanwhile, a black NBA player who posts an Amazon product on his Twitter page gets demonized, and we're told that the whole world's going to collapse. And, well, they have to punish him harshly because it's a billion-dollar sports industry. Uh, yeah, that only applies if there's a black man they're talking about. Dana White has already cost the UFC a ton of money already just this week. And yet you won't see any of these same white media racists like Skip Bayless saying that Dana White has placed the UFC's profits in danger. He has to be cut immediately. They got to take his money from him. He's been punished harshly so they can show that they don't tolerate this. Oh, they're not going to talk about him like a scolded little child who needs to be spanked. Instead, the talk will be all about how to get past this, and we need to look at his heart, and, well, does he have history? Oh, it's just all so very complex. You see, so very complex to figure out. Oh, yes, we know that people are going to be expecting that he should be punished, especially because we spent so long saying that all these black men should be punished for doing absolutely nothing. But it's not that simple. That is, and will continue to be, the white media narrative. Now, on a final note, in what can only be called art imitating life, as it turns out, Dana White was planning to start a show on TBS called Power Slap. I'm not making that up, by the way. That's what the show is called. Apparently, Dana White wanted to start a slap fight league. There would be weight classes and even a title. I'm not sure what the prize is, probably an industrial-sized bag of ice, but that was the idea that Dana White was planning to unleash upon the world. Well, TBS has decided to reschedule that abortion in light of this scandal. They're not dropping the show, mind you. The white media is not giving this man who was caught on video beating his wife the same treatment they gave to Bill Cosby, who was merely accused of something he didn't even do. So with Bill Cosby, one accusation and they remove his show from streaming and try to erase the man, the works. No evidence, but he's black, so that justifies whatever they do. After all, they don't want to reward someone who abuses women. Meanwhile, they have Dana White on video committing this violent act. He confesses that he did it, and TBS feels that the appropriate thing to do is to just reschedule the show. Let's postpone a little bit. 
we really don't want to have to take this show off the air because after all, he's such a great guy. Let's give it a little while. Let's go ahead and put it on ice for a little bit and let the heat die down. Let's see if people forget about it. We're not going to have this man put through the same living hell that we put Cosby through because they don't want to reward someone who abuses women, right? You know, considering how all these people in the white media are so eager to bend over backwards to give this woman beater a pass, Dana White ought to just announce that the Power Slap League is going to be intergender and that he and his wife were just practicing for their first match. They can even get Ari Emanuel to referee it for them. And that's this week's Friday Crime Report. Keep your eyes open and stay on alert because there's a lot worse criminals out there than the ones the white corporate media chooses to show you. Good day and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Burkett Cockcrane, Rowan Waynes, Keith B., Craig Simmons, and Festus Williams. Salute to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you.